Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Annalisa, the Community Youth Educator for the Network, and I hope that you're having a fabulous day. Today, we are going to talk about an important issue, which is domestic violence in the immigrant community. Immigrant and non-immigrant communities experience domestic violence at similar rates, but individuals who are not legal citizens or without certain forms of documentation might face heightened risk, and they might have fear around utilizing services. This fear could be due to language barriers, social isolation, lack of information, limited financial resources, cultural beliefs, or fear of being deported or separated from children. These fears might make an immigrant survivor fear reaching out for support or reporting incidences of abuse. I remember when I worked on the hotline getting some of these distress calls from people in these situations. There was one in particular where a woman didn't understand the legal system and the man who was acting abusively towards her was giving her false information to maintain control over her, telling her if she did this or didn't do that, that this would happen as a result. They were outrageous things that wouldn't actually happen, but for somebody that doesn't understand the system or know who to call to find out the right information, those fears can be really scary and can seem very real to somebody. Now that's just one example. As always, I think it's important to know abuse can happen to anyone, any gender, any sexual orientation. So that's just one example that I personally experienced, but it could be anybody in that situation. And it can be really difficult to go through when you don't really know what the truth is or what the right answer is. So I've said before that there are ways in which all domestic violence is the same. It's all rooted in power and control and all involves controlling behaviors. But when we get into the warning signs and types of abuse, each relationship can be very unique. Some examples of how abuse might be unique for immigrants include the partner who is acting abusively, preventing them from learning English or being able to communicate with others. Maybe there's a certain community in town of people with their same cultural beliefs that they could really fit in with and get support. And the abusive person might not allow them to contact that group or be a part of them so that they might be further separated and alone in the situation. They might destroy legal documents or important papers to make it difficult for the person to feel like they can protect themselves or prove their citizenship or any of those things. They might threaten to have them deported or withdraw petitions for legal status. They might carry this out beyond a threat by doing things like delaying filing important papers, not filing once they said they would, lying to the person about their citizenship or residency, maybe saying that they weren't granted it when they were. They might keep their partners from getting a job or try and get them fired by making false reports of them being undocumented, maybe if they're not. They may threaten to take away children. There can be some misunderstanding about custody or if the person who's acting abusively is a legal citizen and the child is, but the victim isn't, that could cause some complications for them knowing if they'll be able to keep their children as well. So for somebody who is scared and doesn't know who to talk to or how to get the right information, this can be extremely difficult to go through and can be really terrifying. There's a lot of valid reasons for their fears and concerns. However, it's important to know there are always ways to get help. So one of the reasons we think this is so important to talk about is letting people know if you know someone in this situation or if you're in this situation yourself, 
that there are resources for you because it can feel confusing or feel like it's not, especially when you compile the fact that sometimes people don't know they're in abusive situations. So that can add an extra layer to this as well, knowing that agencies, not knowing agencies like ours can help. So we really wanna get that information out there and let people know what's available for them. There are people who can help you sort through fact and what isn't. Like in that example I gave on the hotline call, being able to tell that person calling which things were just outrageous claims or which things were legitimate concerns can be helpful. Somebody who knows the system and can help you navigate through it can be really important. People who know your rights. There are a lot of rights that immigrants have and people who can help them understand that. People who can inform you about programs and resources that can protect you. People who can help explain what will happen when you call the police and give you the legal information you need. No one deserves abuse. While these obstacles feel scary, there are ways around them and ways to be safe. And we're happy to help with that. So please call no matter what language you speak. We do have this program called Language Line. For the listener, you don't necessarily need to know a lot about this because we are the ones who would be calling and doing all the work for the person once they called, so they wouldn't have to know how to contact LanguageLine themselves. But what it is is a service that has all sorts of different translators from all different languages. So you can call any language, um, Arabic, Spanish, any different type, and there's somebody there who can translate that so that you can work with the advocate still. But these days with calling Safe Connect, as our state does, which is 888-774-2900, and I'll make sure to include that in the written part as well. They also have a lot of staff that have different languages and are bilingual, so they would be able to maybe just help themselves when you call, but if not, there's always language lines. So there's always somebody that's gonna be able to speak that language, which is really important to know because that can sometimes be seen as a barrier for people. All languages will be available. If there isn't, again, we have language lines. So there's always somebody there that will be able to help. We understand that it's frustrating in these situations and want to make sure to help. To get a little bit more information, I reached out to an expert in this area, Wanda Gaines, who is the Director of Diversity and Accessibility at CCADB, which is our state coalition. She started working with the coalition through SafeConnect, which is the name for the hotline they have, and was promoted to this position of director. She has a wealth of knowledge and I appreciate her taking the time to talk to us today. If after listening to this, you still have further questions or concerns, please let us know by sending a message. We really appreciate any feedback that you offer, but we also wanna make sure that you're getting the answers you need. So I know sometimes you can listen to something that seems really informative, but you're like, but I still have this particular situation that I haven't gotten the answers for, or I know somebody that this happened to and they didn't address that at all. So make sure to reach out to us because we really would be happy to tackle those situations. We sometimes don't think of everything or we might keep things a little bit more vague to appeal or apply to a lot of different people. So if you have a specific question, send it our way. We can either address it in an upcoming episode where maybe we just really take a deep dive into all that information and get it out for you. Or if it's like a very specific or simpler kind of thing, we might just write back to you one-on-one -on -one and give you the answer that way. But either way, we're happy to answer any questions and get you the information that you need. 
So since this is an important topic and we want to know a lot more, the more we know, the better we're going to get started. So thank you for listening and let's hear what Wanda has to say. Thank you so much for joining us and doing this interview today. We really appreciate it. Well, um, you're welcome. I'm here to help out as much as I can. Yeah. Could you please tell us more about your role with CCADV and why you are passionate about this cause? Um, yes. Um, good morning. Um, my name is Wanda Gaines. Um, I am the Director of um, Diversity and Accessibility. Uh, I started working for Connecticut Coalition uh, Against, against the, um, Domestic Violence um, to um, be an a- um, advocate for victims and survivors of domestic violence. I believe that everyone should um, have a safe place to live um, and a healthy relationship. Um, the first time I was introduced to domestic violence, I was only 15 years old. Um, and even and ever since then, um, my passion was to make a change and teach others in the community how to break that cycle of abuse and to break the silence uh, within different cultures. That's very important and great that you're doing that. Our focus for today is going to be on immigrant survivors. Can you tell us what are some ways that domestic violence might be unique for an immigrant survivor? Um, the immigrant um, domestic violence, um, um, some of the um, unique ways um, that we help immigrants here. Um, we, um, the immigrants um, survivors of domestic violence include those that are undocumented, right? Um, have the right to be saved um, and seek help just as any other victims of family um, violence, right? Regardless of um, immigration status or, or survivors can obtain, right? Uh, we help we help um, families that um, families and immigrants that um, we help them with police assistance, emergency medical care, shelters, right, um, civil restraining orders and criminal protective orders because that's very important. Not only that, we also help them with divorce um, and custody. Um, and filing for custody of children um, if they need it. That's great. What are some obstacles that you think they might face in seeking these services and getting help? Um, They may feel ashamed um, about the abuse or concerns, uh, what their um, community might think of them um, and what they're experiencing. Um, They may feel dependent on the abuser economically uh, for um, their immigration status, um, they also they also um, may feel um, pressure um, with um, being displaced um, from their um, community um, origin. I know that sometimes the language might be a barrier, but I understand that Safe Connect offers help with that. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, yes. Um, we have um, Safe Connect um, have um, um, yeah Safe Connect team is a highly compassionate bilingual multicultural group of advocates that are willing to help victims um, who are eager to assist uh, victims um, or survivors of domestic violence. We have a um, we have um, different um, backgrounds, right? We have um, different. Um, cultures in the line. Um, we also have um, a, a language line that um, helped them once and once they call the um, hotline for translation. So it's a bilingual. That's great. 
What are some resources that might help immigrant survivors with some of these obstacles? Some of the resources that we have here, um, once they call the hotline, um, we um, help um, with um, safety planning in the process. Uh, we have, we have um, counseling, uh, we have, uh, we can help them with emergency um, shelter, um, we have one-on-one uh, -on -one counseling, we can connect them to um, programs. Uh, we have 18 program members that are, are there to help them. We have legal aid. We have a bunch of resources that we can connect them with. Oh, that's good. Can you tell us what someone in this situation should do to prepare for reaching out for these services? Is there anything that they need to have with them or anything they need ready? Well, um, they can, uh, once they call the hotline, um, we just ask them some questions. Um, but we, we also know that sometimes um, they enter this country with, um, they don't have um, documentation. So that's sometimes a barrier when they come into this country. So um, once we connect them to these programs, these uh, resources, they'll be able to help them access these documentation or, you know, they can just bring whatever they have. Um, because we know that sometimes that's a barrier. What are some things that might convince them that it's safe to contact Safe Connect? Um, every time um, a victim or a survivor of domestic violence call um, our hotline or anyone that calls our hotline, every call is confidential. And what are some things that they can get help with on the hotline? Uh, we have, uh, we, um, First of all, I want them to be safe, right? Mm -hmm. So we every say we create a safety plan. Safety plan is um, different with um, it's different for everyone, right? Because everyone experienced um, different. Mm -hmm. Everyone um, um, experienced different in um, everyone's situation is different. That's what I should say. Um, we um, offer counseling, one-on-one -on -one counseling. We um, help them with emergency shelter. Uh, emergency medical care, um, police assistance if they need it. Like we said, safety is, is the first priority. Um, they, we're able to help them um, if, they want, if they choose to go through a divorce, uh, we can also refer them and, and guide them through the legal system. You mentioned calling the police being an option. I know that that can sometimes be scary for somebody that is an illegal citizen and might worry about maybe getting deported. What would you recommend for them if they're in an emergency situation but might be scared to call? We always uh, recommend um, them to be safe first, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if they're citizen or non-citizen. Always, if, if your life is in danger, always call the police. Um, they're there to help you. They're there to um, connect you to services, right? Um, we um, also work with the police department. They also screen um, victims, and they also connect the victims to us. Uh, we are, um, the police department um, has um, a screening tool, which is a, a lethotomy assessment, which they do with the victims when once um, a victim is identified uh, during the calls, and they will connect them with us. 
So we always encourage uh, a victim, um, if their life is in danger, please call the police and the police will also link them to us. Mm -hmm. Are there any laws to protect someone in that kind of situation? Well, you know that um, the Violence Against Women Act, VIA, is a landmark piece of legislation that sought to provide criminal legal and community-based response to domestic violence, dating violence and sexual assault and stalking in the United States. Um, the T visa or the T non-immigrant status provide immigration protection to victim or trafficking. Um, I'm just um, right, uh, reading this because um, it's very important for them to understand what is a T visa and what is a U visa. Um, the T visa allows victims to remain in the United States and help law enforcement authority in the investigation or prosecutor of a human trafficking case. That is the T visa. Um, the U visa is, or the U non-immigrant status provide immigrants protection to crime victim who has suffered substantial mental or physical abuse as a result of the crime. Um, the U visa allow victim to remain in the United States and help law enforcement authority in the investigation to prosecute. So those two visas, um, they will be able to um, apply um, if they are um, assaulted, like I said, sexual assaulted, dating violence, domestic violence, stalking um, here in the United States. Um, so if you think you might qualify for an immigration visa through the VIA, um, please consult, right, um, with the hotline, um, the Safe Connect hotline, or an attorney um, through legal aid, or um, call um, 911, or, um, you know, connect, connect with us. That's great to know. Sometimes when reaching out for help, it can be hard because the victim might not be able to get privacy from the person who's acting abusively. And this might be especially true with COVID-19 um, and people's social outlets being restricted. What are some tips you would give someone in a situation for creating a safety plan? Um, well, like I said, the safety, safety plans are very different um, mm -hmm. for everyone. Um, I just want to mention that um, the safety plans... Um, we just want them to write to be safe. Um, we are available through texting. Um, we are available through emails. We are available through a phone call. Um, if they can't call at the moment, they'll be able to um, text us or email us. Uh, and that's just a quick, and we're able to give them um, safety plan um, information. But um, what we recommend, um, and I just want to say, you know, an immediate um, safety plan, which is uh, creating a safety plan right at this very moment, or we could do either a short-term uh, safety plan um, if you're staying in the relationship or long-term if you're leaving the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And like I said, every um, safety plan is different. Um, sometimes we, we know that um, victims want to stay with the abuser, um, because um, all they want the abusers to um, what, change the behaviors. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not here to judge. Uh, we're here to educate. Um, and that's where we give them counseling, one-on-one, -on -one, family counseling, kids counseling. Um, but it's very important for them to reach out to Safe Connect and call us, call the Safe Connect and, and um right call us and and we'll be able to just guide them through safety safety planning 
because um, we're here um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're here um, on call um, just to um, support um, victims and survivors of domestic violence. That's great that they have the option to text or email. I think that's really helpful. What can our community in general do to help immigrant survivors feel more comfortable? Um, just to um, right, make sure that um, the um, making sure the appropriate referrals are done appropriate, um, reassuring family that there are resources out there and agency um, willing to help. Um, and then, like I said, a lot of the agency are here to find shelter, affordable housing, and re relocating uh, victim in the in domestic violence. Right, mm -hmm. just bring, um, bringing out the awareness um, and just informing the community that um, we're here to support. We're not here to judge. Um, we have program in place. We have um, options. Um, and that uh, we're here. We're here for them. That's great. Thank you so much for taking the time to answer some of these questions. And we, I really appreciate the work that you do. And I just wanted to clarify, we don't text. Uh, we don't have the texting available. I'm sorry. We do have the call, the chat, and the email. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Wanda, for talking with us today. I think a couple of things Wanda mentioned are important to keep in mind. First, call the police if you're in an emergency and need immediate help. Your safety is important. The officers responding to the domestic violence call will not deport you or arrest you based on your status. In fact, it might be good to mention to them if you are undocumented and would like to know more information about the T and U visas that were mentioned. They should be able to connect you with the right information. The police responding to your domestic violence call are not supposed to take action in regard to your immigration status. They're not even supposed to ask you about it. It is up to the victim to disclose that if they're willing to. Later down the line, things may get trickier, but that's where you'll have help. You can apply for the visas, you can call the hotline, and you can talk to an advocate and get more information from them. You can get in touch with immigration lawyers or local resources to help you, and you'll have time to figure out those next steps. So please call the police to give yourself that time and to be safe. Domestic violence can be fatal and your lives are what really matters. So you wanna make sure that you put your immediate safety first and call if you need to make that phone call, then there'll be options for the rest of the stuff. I can appreciate that it is a really complicated situation and that we can't necessarily always predict what's gonna happen next. But again, keeping you safe in that immediate moment is the most important and you will be fine with calling the police because again, they're not supposed to take action based on that. They're supposed to help you with the crime you called about. So don't be afraid to call. The next thing to keep in mind is that you can get more information for and apply for those visas. You can talk to the hotline about it, like was mentioned in the interview. You can also ask the police at the scene of the incident if there is a call made to the police and they can help you with that information as well. To give you a little bit more, a U visa is helpful for a direct or indirect victim of a qualifying crime that has suffered substantial physical or mental abuse as a result of having been a victim of criminal activity, has information about the criminal activity, or was or is being helpful to law enforcement, persecutors, judges, or other officials in detection, investigation, persecution, conviction, or sentencing of the criminal activity. 
The U visa allows eligible victims to temporarily remain and work in the United States. It says generally for four years. I think this might be a little bit situational depending on your application process. You may be able to apply for adjustment to residence status while doing this as well, as long as the conditions are being met for that. Qualifying crimes actually involve a lot of different things, but some related to our topic of domestic violence is domestic violence is listed as one of the qualifying crimes, sexual assault, trafficking, stalking, rape, etc. Those are some that overlap with domestic violence, but there really is like a long list of things that could be included. So it might be something worth looking into if you think that might be something you'd be eligible for. To be eligible for a T visa, the victim would need to be a victim of severe form of trafficking in persons, which could be sexual or labor. Again, this is another thing that happens to any gender. So that's important to know too. Complied with any reasonable requests from, from a law enforcement agency for assistance in investigation or persecution of human trafficking and who would suffer extreme hardship involving unusual and severe harm if removed from the United States. So that one's a little bit more specific to trafficking. So it might depend what kind of situation you're in, which one you apply for. But both of those are available, as was mentioned, to help immigration. And they're both ones that you might want to look into if you're worried about your status at the time the domestic violence is reported. Both these visas may also protect family members, which could include children. So if you have children involved in the situation, that's definitely something that you want to find out about as well. I know that these situations can be tricky, but help is available and there are options for anyone's unique situation. So you might not feel like you have a lot, but you might not know everything that's out there either. So you do want to contact the hotline, Safe Connect or our hotline, and we can go over this and help you better. If you are an immigrant experiencing domestic violence, you're not alone in this and there are people who care. And that's really important to keep in mind. I think we're going to end up talking about this a lot more on related issues because I think there are some situations where we can dive even deeper into this and to get some really helpful information for you. So please let us know what you're interested in. And we're happy to bring more of that to this podcast. We want to know what you want to hear and we want to get you the answers that you want. So again, send any questions in and I'll be happy to address them as well. If you're in this situation or know someone who is, again, feel free to call our hotline at 860-763-4542 or Safe Connect at 888-774-2900. I'll put that information in the written part as well. But just to give you those hotline numbers, because again, an advocate can work with you on your specific situation, or if you're calling for a friend or family member or whatever, to help you help that person. Having your different specific information can help us give you more specific resources based on that issue. So do feel free to call and safety plan with them. And that is A great way to tackle it firsthand too, if you're not yet in immediate danger, to be able to come up with that safety plan, to know what's available, what options you're looking at before feeling like you need to immediately get out of the situation can be really helpful. And again, even if you are staying with the person, we help with that too. We don't force anybody to leave. We'll help you come up with a safety plan for staying as well. But that might help you know what's available to you before things get to the point where you're thrown into a situation where the police are involved or there's a court case. Domestic violence tends to escalate and get worse over time. 
So if you're starting to see some of those warning signs, please do reach out. We're happy to help you. Again, any language, we have the resources to be able to talk to you and to translate that. So thank you so much for listening and thank you again so much to Wanda for answering some questions for us. We really appreciate her taking the time today. Stay safe and healthy out there.